It's HealthQuest Radio. It's Dr. David Kolbaba on AM560, The Answer. It's happening all along the beautiful shores of Lake Michigan. Meaningful, life-changing moments all around the world. HealthQuest Radio goes airborne, wheels up. Copy that. HealthQuest Radio proudly presents Adventures in Health with your host, Dr. David Kolbaba. Hi, I'm Alex, and you, well, you're right where you're supposed to be. You're listening to America's number one health news and science show. Our adventure guide, he is ready. He is the voice of integrated preventive health care in our nation today. He's a clinical director of our West Dundee offices. His story will show he is a man before his time, a real trailblazer. My friend, my partner, and my favorite radio boss. Here's our host, Dr. David Kolbaba. You are ready to be taught. All right, we're here. Today, we're going to be going dark, kind of like through a tunnel. And then we're going to come out the other end. It's going to be neat. <laughs> it really will be. Some uh, short stats, okay? Uh, we're going to run through some stats, statistics, that we've been kicking around here for uh, for a few weeks. And uh, we'll be adding some others on that were added to the mix more recently in the news. You know, we've got a painkiller crisis going on, a.k.a. the opiate crisis. It's worsening each and every day. Now, as I look at it, when we think about drugs, you would think about the appropriate usage of drugs and medication, and then you would think about the illicit use of the same drugs and medication. Now, one would think that some of them would be recreational, the illegal ones, the marijuana, the, you know, just think about the gateway drugs, perhaps marijuana, heroin. And then you listen to some of the, uh, the music that's being played by some of the most popular artists out there. And uh, what, what ends up happening... Uh, that's uh, Tim Bergling, the Swedish EDM DJ and producer known as uh, Avicii. He died uh, a couple weeks ago. We mentioned that on our show back then. Age 28. Death unknown. Uh, but they suspect drugs. And suspect uh, suicide. And you wonder the illicit nature of drugs, meaning illegally used, without the proper supervision, leads to uh, a death corner. A dark corner. And as we travel through this uh, dark place today and come out the other end with something much brighter, 
I'm hoping what's going to happen is it's going to give us clues to what we can do for our own personal health. Because you see, an illegal drug commonly associated with the recreational types of drugs is something that you, for shame, might say, I did in my past but I'm not doing it anymore. You know, boys will be boys, girls will be girls. In college, everybody was doing it. And then for some of us, we'd say, well, I've never done stupid things like that. Why would I want to take a drug? I want to be alert in this life. And at the same time, I'm thinking, if you're fraught with a disease or a health condition that has mired you down, do those diseases and conditions and infections not slow us down to the point that it misdirects our life as well. You know what it's like when you don't feel on your game and so you don't do that thing you love to do, perhaps a hobby or a passion, and you are found missing. And perhaps you've already had that experience in the short term. When we get a cold, we stay home. We don't go to work. But how many of us are having to deal with a sickness of some kind or some debilitation that's taking us out of the type of person with the activities we like to perform on a day-to-day basis and we, we can no longer do them. And maybe it's been supported by our doctor who says, well, at your age, Harry, at your age, Mary. And when we think about the appropriate or inappropriate use of drugs, especially with this painkiller crisis in this country today. You see, when I think about appropriate versus illicit, I'm thinking illicit has two categories, the recreational illegal stuff, but then there's a new type. The, the, the new school definition would include a legally certified drug or medication that is typically prescribed by an attending physician, but, but, it, but it's, it's either taken by a person who was not authorized to take it Meanwhile, somebody is sharing their drug. They have a rightful prescription for themselves, yet they loan that drug out as if they are their best friend's pharmacist. Now, sometimes that's innocently done because a person has a pain pill in their dresser drawer from way back when that they didn't destroy, and they have a loved one that's in pain, and so they pull out the old prescription bottle and hand their prescription tablets to their friend or to their loved one. So I would say that it's not right and does make it right, but you can understand the innocence there, not wanting to waste the analgesic, you know, the pain-killing properties of this drug. It can be, and most of the time it is dangerous. But the other legally certified kind of drug and medication that is typically prescribed It's not necessarily given to a person that's not authorized to take it, but it's taken by the person it was meant to be taken by, but it's taken in excess because the physician who prescribed it is not properly supervising or managing its terms of use. So in other words, grandma was put on this drug and she keeps going back, keep going back. And she keeps getting these prescriptions renewed. And, and I'm, I'm thinking, in this particular case, using medication in the opiate crisis that we have in our country, it's not your corner drug-selling pimp-type person. It's 
somebody else who has a license to do so, who's certified to do so, which means that a medical professional is involved in the mix. So now you have an illicit type of drug relationship between a patient and a drug or a person and a drug, an individual and a drug that is highly addictive. And they're not getting it from the drug-selling street corner kind of place. Well, it's a street corner, all right. And we call them drugstores. And, and this is a growing problem that is not getting any better. And now your doctor is involved in the mix. You know, the United States represents 5% of the world's population, yet we consume over 85% of the world's supply of drugs and medications. In other words, 95% of the world's population is only using 15% of what's left of the total supply of drugs and medications that, that are on this planet. You look, look at a world map, and you see all these different countries, these continents. And here you got this place, America, 5% of the world's population. And see what that looks like as you view the world. Then picture 85% of the supply of drugs and medication, like a blanket, covers the United States with only 15% of those same drugs and medications left over for 95% of the world to share. I mean, it's absurd. 95% of the world's population is using only 15% of this world's total supply of drugs and medication. Now, you've got to ask, just what are these other countries, meaning every other country but our country, you have to say, <laughs> yeah. what are these other countries doing to treat their diseases, their, their illnesses? How do they treat their conditions if, if not using so many of these drugs and medications? I mean, and think about this at the same time. This, I hope, will startle you, although it will not be a surprise to say that it, it's not as if the United States is leading the world in healthiness. It's not as if the United States were leading the world in longevity or a lower incident of disease and sickness as compared with other countries. Matter of fact, in many ways, the United States scores very low when compared to other countries who are not using these drugs and medications. Now, as we travel through this dark tunnel, as I say, there is a light at the end of it because it's not just about hearing some dank, dark, kind of depressing, discouraging kind of news that reflects poorly on, on us here in this country. It's about each of us, I believe, taking a better hold of our own personal health. And as I say here often, it's not about a national health care program, you think. If we could transfer that or transpose that into a, a personalized self-care program to get us a longer and healthier life without the use of these unwanted, unneeded drugs and surgery, you think? It's a HealthQuest Saturday morning. You stay right here. It's HealthQuest Radio. It's Dr. David Kolbaba. You are ready. 
to be taught the new way. You listening to our HealthQuest radio broadcast is not a mistake, and for unexplainable reasons, you're here with us today. This is Dr. David Kolbaba. As a practicing conservative healthcare physician, I have but one hope for you today. My hope is for you to be able to picture yourself healthy and vibrant as you were meant to be by our Creator. I've dedicated my life to people just like you who are seeking a second chance at this thing called higher health and longevity. Making a connection with us here at HealthQuest is easier than you think. It could really be a life lifesaver for you, a friend, or a loved one. Would you take the time right now to call our HealthQuest radio hotline? And when you call, you'll connect with a person who really cares about what you care about. It's a family sort of thing around here. 1-800-794-1855 will get you there. That's 1-800-794-1855. I look forward to looking back with you from a place that speaks of future hope and higher health. We're here. 1-800-794-1855. They didn't take anything, they left a dead bird inside. Forget about guns and forget ammunition Cause I'm killing them all on my own little mission Now I'm not a saint, but I'm not a sinner And everything's cool as long as I'm getting thinner Listening to Chicagoland's longest running health, news, and science show with your host, Dr. David Kolbaba. You are ready to be taught the new way. All right, we're back. And uh, welcome to our show. If it's your first time listening, welcome to Chicagoland's longest running health, news, and science show with me, Dr. David Kolbaba. You know what drove me into this business, this practice, this uh, passion, was was based on, on a search that I had that I came up... Uh, I came up with nothing. Sure, I I went to the doctors like you have. I visited those offices and I was treated by the staff in the way that that you were. Got shots as a kid and was scared of going to the doctor like a dog going to a vet. And somehow, some way, it never seemed to work for me as the doctor talked to my parents without the thought that I was even in the room. And... Over the course of time, trying to figure out what I was going to do for a living, such as the question that you might ask a child, hey, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> you know, I would have answered, I want to be a pilot, some something working with animals. Uh, and then God uh, bopped me on the head and said, well, why don't you become the doctor you never had? Now, I had a career going on over here in photographic science some law enforcement background and so on. And yet I, I kept being redirected in, in, in what I didn't know at the time would become a passion, and that is to help people out of from wherever they are and, 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 and demystify this whole thing that we call health and, and, and medicine and, and Western medicine and, and, and self-care and health care. And I'll tell you what, uh, with being in practice now 34 years, uh, being the doctor, trying to attempt to be that doctor that I never found, the David, me, I never found that doctor. And I'm very hard-pressed uh, when asked, do you know a really good oncologist? Do you know a really good arthritis specialist? Do you know a real good orthodontist? Do you know a real good 
internal medicine. Do you know a real good? I, you know what? I've got to say that due to the conflict that I have with the way that we treat people in this country, going back in time, I'm going to use the word Rolodex here. You wouldn't know what I mean. No, I don't. <laughs> But my Rolodex is not as full as I would like it to be with people that I can refer with a totally clear conscience because I don't really like the way that we approach people in our country. And now with the depreciating type of health care that we have with you, the patient being more discounted, your intelligence being more discounted, and the doctor who's becoming more aloof and more watching his watch and being careful for what is being said and for the lack of contact, physical contact, that your doctor might have with you and the lack of understanding the interpersonal relationship that could go on between a doctor and and, and this doctor's patient. But back to that, if the United States represents 5% of the world population consuming over 85% of the world's supply of drugs, which means 95% of the world's population is getting by, they're getting through, they're getting on with their life using 15% or less of the world's supply of medication. Now, my question is, other than the United States, how are the other countries of the world doing it? You see, because the United States, we're not... We're not first place when it comes to health. We're not first place when it comes to longevity. You know, we st- well, well, we do come in first place. We still hold the pole position in the condition sudden infant mortality. In that our babies die for no reason. Baffling researchers today. And not as if the United States leads the world in anything but that. In many cases, compared to other countries... The United States scores very low in comparison. Now, if it could be said that a substantial number of Americans could be determined to be drug abusers, right? The opiate crisis in our country, they're not all druggies. It could be your grandma, your grandpa, could be your wife, your sister, it could be your son that was administered this drug appropriately in the beginning, maybe, in the beginning, maybe, in the beginning, maybe. But then who might be considered this time drug addicted because these opiates are highly addictive. And we're not even talking about a wide range of other medication that you become dependent on that may have similar dependency features or qualities to it. Addiction is on the rise, rampant in our country, even beyond the opiate addiction. Add alcohol and gambling, pornography, and the list goes on and on. But if it could be said that a substantial number of Americans, good people like you and me, could be determined as being drug abusers now because you're addicted, well, then who might we consider to be the the drug pusher? Who would that be? It's not the guy on the corner that's selling stuff in little envelopes, passing cash back and forth, surveilled by the police department. Who are the drug pushers? Think about it. Could it be the prescribing doctors, you think? Could it be the drug companies that crap up our TV at night? 
So what is the rest of the world's population doing with the leftover drugs? What is their story? I'm wondering, where does their success story come into play? And can we adapt to what they are doing? What are they administering to their patients beyond drugs and medications that they're having better results than we are in this country where we have assumed that we have the best gig going? That we think ours is superior. We think this, and that's always good, good, good. I'm, I'm all in for, you know, national, you know, pat- patriotism. And so we all need to be loyal to, to the flag. But, you know, some countries are ahead of other people when it comes to longevity. It is not the United States in first, second, third, fourth. We're way, way, way down on the list. Longevity goes to Japan, places like Switzerland, Denmark. You know, a few weeks ago, we shared a startling statistic as we head through this dark spot today and coming out the other side on the, on, the, on, the, on the light side of things, so stay with me. But a few weeks ago, we shared a startling statistic regarding physicians with 45% of them reporting. Remember now, they're reporting that they are depressed. They are reporting that if they're not depressed, then they are burned out. Now, burnout, as defined by most psychiatrists, is synonymous with depression. So in effect, 45% of treating doctors admit, openly admit, to being depressed. Now, I would imagine there are others that are that didn't report because they didn't want to add their little stat to the mix. But I got a question. Do you think for even one minute that there could be any chance that depression, to any degree, can skew the judgment and the proficiency of an individual. Do you think it's possible? Do you think just for a minute that there could be any chance that that a condition of depression could skew the judgment and the proficiency of, of any of us? How about your doctor? Maybe in private practice when when you interrelate with, with that doctor and he's not home, he's not paying attention, or, or, or how about when that doctor's dispensing drugs? or re-prescribing drugs, renewing that prescription medication that leads to the opiate issue? Or how about proficiency with that doctor who's depressed, who has a surgery to, 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 to do today, to perform? Do you think there's any thought there could be any chance that could skew the judgment or his ability to render those services if depressed? And what about those that didn't want to admit their depression? The ramifications are very worrisome from, from a patient's point of view, you think? I think so. I've got a patient story to tell you about their recent visit to their doctor when they decided to not take the drug that the doctor wanted them to take. And also, what is the profession that has the highest rate of suicide? Stay right here. It's Dr. David Goldbaba. It's HealthQuest Radio.
For over 34 years, I've been hearing from women just like you how their hot flashes and other menopausal symptoms negatively impacted their quality of life. Typical hormone therapies for reducing these symptoms may now, they may be effective, but they're not without serious risks and adverse side effects. Now, Estrovera from Metagenics offers a safer approach and the strongest natural choice for women at any stage of menopause. Estrovera features a novel botanical extract known as ERR-731 that has demonstrated efficacy for hot flash relief as compared to those low-dose hormone therapies. And since 1993, this extract has been safely recommended for relieving menopause symptoms in European women. And now it's available for you right here in the United States. Estrovera and other high-quality research-based Metagenics formulas are available just by calling our HealthQuest radio hotline at 800-794-1855. That's 800-794-1855. Hi, this is Dr. David Kolbaba. Glad you're here with us today. HealthQuest Radio is Chicagoland's longest-running health news and science program. I've been an integrated healthcare practitioner for over 33 years now. And if you've been wondering what it's like to be a patient in our HealthQuest offices, well, take a look at our website. Go to healthquestradio.com under Testimonials and Tales of Wonder, right on the homepage, where you'll find many encouraging stories of success straight from our patient's mouth. Would you like to be done with those migraine headaches? Get your insulin under control? Feel more energetic? Maybe having better sex, get that libido in gear again, discover why you eat for every emotion, and then get it under control. On medication and want to be off of it, whatever health challenges you the most, you can schedule your new patient consult with me just by calling our HealthQuest Radio hotline at 800-794-1855. That's 800-794-1855. We'll be back with more HealthQuest right after this. Go to healthquestradio.com. When the chiefs are down, you gotta make your play. Cause there ain't no way. But the highway, no, there ain't no way. But the highway, there ain't no way. But the highway, there ain't no way. You listen to Dr. K, he'll get you right. You know what? I hate to think that I'm going to take the hard way and, I'm, and I've got to get used to it. Are you kidding me? You're put on a statin drug and your doctor never tells you about the end game because you're going to be on it for the rest of your life and you better get used to it. Unless you're willing to do something about it, today we're heading down the, well, we're going we're going dark a little bit today, coming out the, the other end on the light side of things. But I really, I, I know that you and I are both affected by the, the perspective that we take in this country towards, towards health. And you know as well as I do, it's getting easier to get a prescription. And the drug companies are making that so. Doctors are being more manipulated than ever before by the insurance industry, which to me is a scurrilous one. And once we clean up the government, God help us, I'd love for us to get into the insurance industry and clean up, clean things up there too. Because a lot of money is being made on the backs of people like you and me. A lot of money is being made on the backs of diseases that could have been, that could have been cured by now. I, I, am, I am totally convinced that the perpetuation of disease and infections 
uh, is a moneymaker for a, a great number of people and entities in our country today. It represents uh, trillions of dollars. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that, that we've just got to get used to that as an ultimatum because guess what? If you're healthy enough that you don't require the taking of a drug, then you won't have to worry about how dangerous that drug will be when science tells us five years from now that the people who took that vaccine were in fact affected by the side effects of that drug, of the many side effects of the many drugs that we dispense in our country to the tune of what? 85% of the world's population of medication. And what does that mean for us as people, as patients that we're being dumbed down is if we don't know, is if we can't know, is that we don't want to know, but we do. And some of us are just saying no to drugs. And we're not talking necessarily about the illicit ones, although I mentioned before there are two forms of illicit drugs. One, the recreational illegal ones. But my new definition for another form, a new school form of illicit drugs, would be the ones you do get from your pharmacist, the drugs that you do get from your well-meaning doctor who doesn't supervise you and ends up refilling and refilling that prescription medication that has gotten us into one crisis of many that have that has visited itself upon us in our country today, the opiate crisis. Not to mention MRSA and other hospital-borne infections that live and thrive in our convalescent centers, that live and thrive in our hospitals, that live and thrive in our nursing homes. And somehow, some way, we need to do something about it, but I don't see much activity happening on that end of things, do you? It's been reported that MRSA is now colonizing to other forms, other microbes, non-MRSA types. That came out a couple weeks ago. Looks like we're going down this dark tube, all right. MRSA, the kind of, of, of infection that you only get in the hospital, convalescing from some surgical pr- procedure, is affecting younger and younger people as we become more vulnerable because we're sickos. We're not as healthy as we could be. Should we trust in our present system of health care in our country today? Should we trust the system or maybe trust in a design? Now, here at HealthQuest, we're all about design how our body was originally designed to take care of itself. We have a pharmacy that is on board our body. Do you get that? You probably don't if you're sick and you're on a pharmaceutical. You probably don't if your vision and your thoughts are skewed by the preoccupation of some kind of infection, some kind of condition, or some kind of disease. You think when you're not all there, you can't make the decisions that you need to and want to make. And neither is your doctor. Because your doctor is reporting depression of all kinds. I talked about this before the break. The number one profession, the highest suicide rate in our country, professionally speaking, what profession drives more people crazy to death than any other profession? It's doctor land. Physicians have the highest, the profession of physicians, the caretakers, the healthcare physicians in this country have the highest rate of suicide than any other profession in this country. That is the truth of the matter. And those suicidal people who are depressed and and brainwashed and burned out are the ones that are working on your body and on my body, on our children, on our parents, and making decisions for their health future. 
I choose not to go with that path. I choose to get my body in better shape and trust the design that God gave us. But you got to get that confidence back in your body because you have it buried down deep and you can have it. Talk about more. We need to take this short break, okay? You're listening to Chicagoland's longest-running health, news, and science show with your host, Dr. David Kolbaba. Let me tell you about today's HealthQuest Radio special. You might want to jump on this opportunity. We've reserved a couple of time slots in our appointment book that we're holding open for a couple of our HealthQuest Radio listeners. This might be perfect timing for you to finally come in for your new patient consultation with me. Another reason why today's HealthQuest special is so very special, reserve your appointment today and you pay for half and we'll pay the other half. That's right, you pay for one half the cost of your new patient's strategy consultation and I'll pay the other half. Oh, and if we decide to work together and you become a new patient in our offices, then we'll pay for the whole thing. That's right. If you become a new patient, you'll pay absolutely nothing for your personal strategy consultation. But you got to call our HealthQuest Radio hotline right now to make that appointment today. Call 800-794-1855. Please make that phone call right now. 800-794-1855. That's 800-794-1855. Stay right here. More coming right up. You know, I get all worked up when I when I think about all of the people um, who I'll never meet, and somehow, as put upon um, me by God, I believe that um, one of my jobs on this planet was to affect the lives of as many people as I could. Probably because of so many of the people that affected me by their life. And I know that uh, I only have so many days on the planet, but so do you. And I'm very sensitive to the thought of you and I getting the most, the very most out of our lives. And I think that the preoccupation that some of us have with depression and anxiety like our doctors do keeps them distracted from being able to do their job for us as patients. And I think by you being distracted by a disease or even the side effects of taking a medication keeps you distracted from your family, from the things that I believe God meant for you to do during the course, the long course of your long-lived healthy life. As ideal as that sounds to some, it comes off as being very realistic to me and for me. Frankly, because I see lives transposed in our offices every day. And I get the feedback from people who are encouraged by a new life, a new steady course into the light, a step into the light from darkness. You know, the Bible mentions that light has nothing to do with darkness. And some of us 
we've headed down that dead end, that dead end dark alley, as led by our doctors, by our technology. You know, today, loneliness, for instance, came up in the news in the last week. The subject of loneliness hit the press, finding that 20 and 30-year-olds are the most lonely in our population today. And they are the most infertile of all Americans in history. The highest number of suicide rests in that same population of our young people. And they are the basis, they are the foundation for this country's future. And yet, electronic devices, seven and eight hours average for the average young person, over five hours of TV watching every night, going to social media that leaves most of us in depression, and that is not an opinion, it is fact that most people, when they sign off of their social media site, like Facebook, they feel worse about their life. What profession holds the highest rate of suicide in our country today? Physicians, doctors. And they do not have anywhere near the same life expectancy that their patients do. It's not about a national health care program. It's it's about a personal self-care program, in my opinion. What do you get when you put a person on the road to healthiness? The high road, the, 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 the light road versus the dark road that most of us are very familiar with. Typical healthcare today is about putting you on something because we can't afford to care for all of the baby boomers that have now aged. There are not enough young people underneath that to gird that group up and to take care of them with the type of care that the baby boomers cared after their own parents. We're seeing some, some, some cross-fading happening and, and some transitions that are occurring in our society that I do not like. And, and the point of it is that we really and truly need to, to, to get, a, get a handle on our own personal health. My thought in becoming a doctor was that I could help people just like you maybe get to a place that you never would have gotten to had you not listened to this show on this very day. I say often here that it's no mistake that you've tuned into our show. The fact is, the concept of prevention is never implemented in this country. We do not know what it's all about. And you have people selling nutritive supplements, and I'm a clinical nutritionist, but you've got the people in the nutrition community who are selling their wares as if that there is a do this for that mentality using nutrition rather than drugs. And with you not wanting to be on that drug and knowing the dangers of it, then you go to nutrition where you've got all the, the snake oil salesmen selling you this for that and calling it natural when a more targeted, specific, and focused and appropriate approach needs to be taken with someone just like you. A patient of mine told their doctor this last week that they didn't want to take the drug that that he was advising them to take. So he folded up his folder. Remember, he's probably depressed. He, He quickly folded up the folder and stormed out of the room, leaving 
this patient alone in the room, not knowing what to do because their doctor couldn't handle the rejection of not wanting to take another medication. And that's how short-fused we are. That's how short-fused we as practitioners are in medicine. Better be that you start taking better care of yourself and know what to do in the first steps. 800-794-1855 is the number to call. That's our HealthQuest radio hotline. 800-794-1855. Okay? Okay, stay right here. Hi, this is Dr. David Kolbaba. Glad you're here with us today. HealthQuest Radio is Chicagoland's longest-running health news and science program. I've been an integrated healthcare practitioner for over 33 years now. And if you've been wondering what it's like to be a patient in our HealthQuest offices, well, take a look at our website. Go to healthquestradio.com under Testimonials and Tales of Wonder, right on the homepage, where you'll find many encouraging stories of success straight from our patient's mouth. Would you like to be done with those migraine headaches? get your insulin under control, feel more energetic, maybe having better sex, get that libido in gear again, discover why you eat for every emotion, and then get it under control. On medication and want to be off of it, whatever health challenges you the most, you can schedule your new patient consult with me just by calling our HealthQuest Radio hotline at 800-794-1855. That's 800-794-1855. We'll be back with more HealthQuest right after this. arguing with myself. I'm just following my instincts. I just run with it. Hmm. You know, I know the artist uh, doing this song here I am so, I'm so blessed when I'm around people who produce and create. <laughs> it just, it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? I believe the healthier we get, the better expression we become. An expression of a created being. But it doesn't happen as much when we're sick, does it? You just get all pooped out. I ain't doing that. Can't do that. We get upset. And, and I love being around people who are healthy. You know, loneliness does not depend on how many friends or relationships you have because loneliness depends entirely on the subjective quality of your relationships. More than 60% of lonely people are married. Loneliness distorts our perceptions of our relationships, leaving us undone and fragmented. That's why when we get on these social media places, we feel worse when we get off because someone's having fun and our life is hell. Someone else is out there smiling and I cried all morning. Loneliness actually makes us feel colder. And some people think the idea of feeling pushed into the cold resonates from our evolutionary past, which, which being ostracized from our tribe meant being kept away from the warmth of the fire at night. 
And the fact is, loneliness actually does make us feel colder. Studies found that recalling a time in which we felt lonely made all the participants in the study estimate the room temperature as being significantly colder than it actually was. So what is it like when you find a person who's on top of things, who's on track? And right now with me is Carla, who will be the person you talk to when you call our HealthQuest radio hotline. And Carla, I I just wanted to share with our listeners, I know we're running out of time right now, but you have a chance to review the statistics in our office when we think that the average person only makes it to their doctor 58% of the time. They make the appointment and they do not show up because they do not know the significance of that office visit. They're afraid to go in there. He's going to give them another damn drug. We enjoy a different statistic, don't we? We do. I, we had a meeting the other day, and it was revealed to, the, to us that the month of April, we had 99% kept appointments. What about the month before? The month before, I believe it was 98. Okay. And what was it and last... two what, weeks ago, it was yeah. 100%. What was it last week? Last week was 96. Okay. So we have 100%, 90%, an average, about 98% of the people who make appointments in mm-hmm. our office, they come, they come to the office because they know why they're coming into the office. And mm-hmm. I, I appreciate you sharing that with us, Carla, because in your particular case now, when we think about what you need to do to take your first steps towards personal health, we can help you do that, but you've got to make that, 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 that phone call. And I'll bet you, if you make that phone call, you make that appointment, I'll bet you, you're going to be there because we enjoy such high percentages of people making it to their appointment because they know something is going to happen. They know that something's going to happen for them. And we promise that we'll do our best to help get you there and bring out the creative ability that God gave your body to get well and stay well. But you got to call this number. Thanks, Carla. Appreciate your time. Okay, you're welcome. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So the number to call is 800-794-1855. 800-794-1855. Please call that number. I'd love to look back down the road and see that so many things have gotten better. 800-794-1855. We'll see you next week, everybody. See you guys next week. Thanks for listening.